So we had a, around 600 influencers at the time. And we were asking them to send an email to all their database of restaurants following them. And we, we gave them a message to send out to. And so at some point, I think it was end of 2019, you have pretty much every restaurant in Europe that received a message from an influencer saying, do you know this platform called Food Detective? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the SaaS podcast. And today we have Andrea Tassistro with us. Andrea runs a company called Food Detective. Hey, Andrea, welcome to the show. Hey, Upendra. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me today. All right. So let's talk about your company first, right? So what does Food Detective do and why do we pay you? So our company does two things. The first one, it, it, it assembles, integrates, aggregates the entire tech stack initially of a restaurant, today of a, of a merchant, into a single platform. So what we do is we make operation run smoothly and, and automatically. And on the other side, we also improve the visibility of all our customers through our B2C platform. Okay. So, so who are you primarily selling it to? Is it restaurants? Yeah, restaurants are, are our targets, but we sell the platform to large companies who then resell these products to merchants and restaurants. So okay. let's take an example. For example, Coca-Cola or I don't know, in India you have Zomato. Mm -hmm. Maybe they buy licenses from us. Let's say yeah. they, they commit to buy 10,000 licenses and then they resell this product to their existing merchants. And these existing and so, merchants are restaurants? Usually, yeah. We started with restaurants and now we're moving away. I mean, not away, but we're moving up into new verticals. And, and this will, will or should be announced very soon. Okay. And what sort of verticals are these? And is it an entirely different product or is, is it just an expansion? No, it's, a, it's just an expansion. So realizing our technology could be applied to anyone, right? It's, restaurants have this problem of having to manage a lot of different tools, but maybe a hairdresser or a garage or an insurance has the same problems. It's just different tools or different integrations. So. We'll, we'll start to add more and more verticals as we speak in order then not only to cover more business verticals, but also to increase our market size and ultimately to provide restaurants, clients, so B2C people with kind of a, the yellow page of everything where everything is integrated. So what do you mean by B2C? These are still businesses, right? Or something like a restaurant, I would assume somebody who's who no, it's, a practice. It's you and myself. Okay. So, you, so it's, it's, it's end users. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm still confused. So for example, so all of your restaurants are businesses. So if you are expanding to some other vertical, for example, maybe some lawyers or someone, they're still running practices. They still have their own business, right? So it's still a business that, that you're selling to. Of course, it's handled by a single person, but it's still a business, right? Exactly. But what happens is when this, whatever business joins, they, uh, there's a, there's a profile created for a platform called Food Detective. Okay. Tomorrow that platform might be called differently. And you and myself, when we look for any businesses around us all around the world, we'll be able to go on that platform 
and have all the data aggregated also on that platform for us to interact with that business. So if that business, let's take a, a concrete example. Mm -hmm. So let's take a restaurant and let's say that restaurant runs on Zomato, Swiggy, Uber Eats, OpenTable, The Fork, Instagram, Facebook, Google reviews, and so on. So not only the restaurant can manage everything seamlessly, so very easily from, from this platform that we provide him, but on top of that, you will be able to interact with that restaurant through a portal where you can actually choose which service you want to use on its profile. Okay. So when you say me, I, as a customer, I would typically order from these restaurants or are exactly. you talking about some other use case here? Yeah, you either order or read or book a table or pay. Okay, got it. Since he has integrated everything into one single platform, now it, we can also provide you with, you know, yeah, its profile. Yeah, it's essentially an online to, presence for all of these restaurants and they could, they could, like you could, you as a customer could do anything with them, right? Whatever exactly, services yes. they provide. Got it. So, all right. So let's talk a bit about your customers that you have as of today and the revenue that you're doing. So how many restaurants do, do you serve as of today? So today we have approximately 25,000 restaurants 25. Uh, listed on the platform. And how many of them have you directly managed to close? And how many of these are through these big agencies or whatever you call them? So today everything is, is direct. Now the, what do we call licensing started in September. But in this case, we speak about, uh, millions of merchants. So if you take a, I don't know, uh, if you take Uber Eats, for example, Uber Eats has 650,000 restaurants, right? They deliver food through, right? So it's, it's at the large, the very largest scale than, than, than right. what we do today in direct. And, and ideally we went after like all the, the biggest players in the industry and said, okay. We'll provide you with all the tools and, and platforms and integration you need to serve your merchants. How many do you have? Mm -hmm. So you're still figuring out this, this sort of business model, right? How do you sell to the people who have no, already, no. you figured it out already. So yes. So what happens is that the, the direct part is now fully automated and online. So mm -hmm. we've been doing a lot of direct sales for, for some time and and have recently reduced direct sales okay. and automated the entire onboarding. Let, let's, now, let's come to that in a while. So I want to deep dive into that. So let, before that, I want to understand how much re approximate revenue are you doing last month, for example, what was your oh, revenue well, last I'll, month? I'll have to kill you if I tell you. <laughs> so ballpark range approximately, you know, as big as it can uh, get, you can't. Uh, all right. uh, nah. So I, I want to understand like how big these deals are. For, can you give me a sense of how, for example, if I'm a restaurant, how much would I typically pay you? You would pay between 89. So you have three, three different layers. Mm -hmm. So first layer is they're, they, they're registered for free and they use some premium mm -hmm. tool. Second layer, they pay about between 89 and 200. And then about a thousand. This is where we also do all the marketing on their behalf. What's the difference between the $200 plan and let's say $1,000? It's that we will be marketing your business a lot more. Like the $200 plan is really where you manage everything on your own. The $800 plan is where 
we manage a lot of okay, so things for you. When you say you manage, so do you got a like huge set of people out there who are literally sort of managing all this online marketing for these uh, high value clients? Is that how it is? No, we have automated everything. Okay, it's it's still software, is it? It is, yeah. So essentially, you're just selling selling software. There's no services layer here. There's barely no service here. Okay. There is a there is an onboarding which is you know slightly different where you have one one account manager who makes sure that mm-hmm. he understands everything to then push this to automation. Mm-hmm. But post that, it's just it's software serving those customers. That's it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and just to calculate how you're growing, right? So, let, uh, an year before, right? How many, how many restaurants did did you have on on board? So we're trying to double every year. Okay, so can we so had, let's say twelve thousand or something? No, it was actually a bit more than that. It was I think around eighty? Eighty. Okay. But ideally, we would end up at fifty k restaurants by December this year. All right. So it's and just then a couple we'll of months start from now. Yeah tripling actually year on year. So we aim to have around 150K restaurant by the end of next year, 450 for the next two years, and then we double again because we we cannot grow. These are really, really huge numbers and I really want to dive deep dive into them. So let's, so, so far 25,000, most of them were direct sales that you were directly reaching out to these restaurants and closing them. So how are you doing that? So how did you find these restaurants and how did you convert them to your customers in the first place? What growth channels have worked for you so far? We did a lot of email automation. Okay. A lot of robots on social medias. So where we actually sent out a message with a self-registration button to all the prospects that we had. A lot of cold calling, PR, um, marketing, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you, you mentioned a lot, a lot of those things. So let's, I want to pick one so that I could understand how your strategy exactly worked in this particular scenario. So which one was your best performing channel? Was it email automation? Was it social media messaging? What what really worked for you? What was responsible I, for most of this growth? So I think it was Instagram in 2019. So it wasn't working quite the same as it is today. Mm-hmm. And we had a crazy conversion rate of like 80%. I think we were sending out thousand of messages, not only through our channel, but also through different other people channel, which was working as a, a referral, right? And we were kind of saying, have you heard about this platform for restaurants called Food Detect? Okay, so, uh, on Insta- restaurants. so what was the process like on Instagram? Were you directly sort of using robots or whatever that you call it to sort of send direct um, messages to your potential no, clients? That, no, that, that in that sense, I think it was manual. So we had a, around 600 influencers at the time. And we were asking them to send an email to all their database of restaurants following them. And we, we gave them a message to send out to. And so at some point, I think it was end of 2019, you have pretty much every restaurant in Europe that received a message from an influencer saying, do you know this platform called for detective? Okay. So it looks like influencers are the key part here, right? So are these your affiliates? Would you call them your affiliates? Do you pay them any cut once they sort of help you close a deal? We did. We don't anymore. Okay. We did in the past. Yes. And how did you manage to sort of hire 600 influence, influencers? That's, I wouldn't call it higher, but how did you manage to convince 600 influencers to send out a mail to their followers? 
So I think there's a very strong sense of community where we said, okay, we, we all know the problem restaurants have, right? They, they have too much on their plate. They have too many platforms to manage. They have a crazy tech stack and, and who here wants to help us. And ver very quickly, you have a, a lot of people that not, not only work with restaurants, but maybe were restaurateurs before were like, yeah, I want to help. I want to be part of this. And, and this way, you know, it's, it's kind of a, the ball gets rolling. It, once it's difficult to get in, but once you're in, you know, people that actually speak to each other. Mm -hmm. And so we created the, this database of, of food influencer, which we still were very closely work with as of today, that, that helped us get the voice out. Got it. And so what happens once, once your potential restaurant you know, lead gets this mail from one of their influencers. How do you close that? Oh, they, oh, we don't. They just take control of their profile. And once they have, once they have, then it's easy, right? Because you're an email away from, from them. Or you can just sim simply tell them like, there's this new feature or we want to feature you in Sky or, or whatever. So, so I'm talking more about the conversion. For example, more, I'm, I'm expecting all of these new sort of restaurants might just start, your, start with your free plan. Now you got to do something to sort of convince them to move, move them to, the, to that $200 or $800 plan, right? So what exactly are you doing there to sort of, con, sort of move them, you know, to a higher tire? Oh, I think it's, it's just a matter of having them to use the paying features. And a lot of them are on the premium plan, right? And as soon as they want to do some more, then obviously they have to pay. So can I ask how many of these 25,000 are on one of paid plans? Or is that a secret number? Yeah, if I tell you that, I will probably reveal the revenue. That's okay. That's okay. Revenue, right? <laughs> it's a smart move for you. But it's, nice okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That doesn't matter. So I, I was trying to understand your conversion, right? So my point is basically, you, so like, you, your highest tire is around $800 per month, right? So $10,000 ACV. So now, I mean, you could literally hire a bunch of people to sort of kind of like sort of close those leads on free tire to a higher tire plan. So are you doing something yeah. like those or, or is it just a bunch of email engagements? No, no. What we try to do and to be totally transparent with you, we, we still have a lot of restaurants that are on the freemium plan, right? Yeah. Now, what we are solving here has a, has an issue or has a, has a goal is to don't have, you know, thousands of people reaching out on the phone to restaurants for, to, to sell them another platform. We would rather do this by automating some processes or making the product so valuable that they have to turn to us. And this is where you, you start to have what we call product led growth, where the product leads the growth of the company. No, so product led growth. I mean, looks like you've nailed the top of funnel, right? I see you've got tons of customers coming to you, right? Now, the question is, how are you going to convert them to your paid plans? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like... And, and you do this by, by adding integration. You do this by featuring them for a month on something that is usually something that you should pay for. So they understand or like they get a sense of like the value the product does for them. And then they either say, okay, I could turn this whenever I need to in order to start having my operation more smoothly, manage my deliveries very easily, increase my visibility, have more bookings, manage my 
procurement and so on and so on. All right. So let me ask you a different question. So do you have people on your team, on your sales team, who are quota carrying and who are your closers? Who are just no. picking those people? You don't have. Everything is just no. automated. You're trying to engage. Yeah. All right. So the, the product should do that. And why not? Was that a conscious decision? No, if you look at different food tech companies, what's either, what usually, you know, made their time hard is having like to manage teams of 650 employees who are very motivated when they come in and who are just, they hate the company when they leave because restaurants are really hard customers, right? Maybe the, the hardest one. Yeah. And, and some companies have managed to do this just online, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got and it. so why, why not us? Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, that's your call, right? So, so you've mentioned something that, that Instagram influencer based sort of growth really worked for you a couple of years back, but you mentioned like it, it's not working anymore. So what's working as of today? So you've, you've given us like some pretty high targets, right? So you're saying you, you want to grow 2x, 3x, right? You mentioned like 150K by the end of next year. So where are you going to get all of these new restaurants from? Oh, it's, it's affiliate partnerships. It's uh, licensing. It's where you become more of an infrastructure on the B2B side of existing platforms, right? So imagine Zomato buys for its entire database yeah. products from us. Then ultimately you okay. go from so zero now, to now let's focus on thousand restaurants. Yeah, no, let that that makes sense. So so now let's focus on this licensing model a bit. Now I believe you've got to have people who are actually talking, sort of trying to close this deal because it's a huge deal, right? It's a really huge deal. You can't expect some automated engagement to sort of close all of these big deals, right? You can't really close a I don't know multi million dollar deal with Zomato. That's not going to be possible without a bunch of people talking to them for a for at yeah, least a few so months. This is where partnership managers and licensing people come into place, right? But these are very highly skilled sales professionals who do deals with these guys for three, six months in order to make that happen. And how many of such folks do you have on your team as of today? Right now we have four and we're just growing a team as we speak. And what do you call them? We call them partnership managers or light enterprise sales. Enterprise sales. So that, that was the question I was trying to ask you before. So you mentioned that you would you don't do something like that, but it looks like you are doing it, but at a much larger yeah, yeah. scale just for the licensing model. Exactly. So what we don't do, so don't don't get me wrong here, but yeah. we do sales, right? But we do very large sales. Mm-hmm. We don't do call calls sales, right? We're not a call center. Yeah. At least not anymore. Agreed, agreed. Got it. So all right. So so did you close any such big licensing deal so far or are you at those initial stages? Because because from what I understand, right, 25,000 restaurants you've got as of today, right, most of them were all of these direct restaurants, right? And that that must have been a different journey to what you are sort of, to where you, you're willing to go, right? So now you want to close these yeah, big, absolutely. huge deals, right? So, so like, what's going to change? And do you have any initial successes? You don't have to name anything. Just Just give us a sense of, how things are changing and did you get any initial successes there? Yeah. So what we did is we identified the five largest companies and brands we could go after, like mm-hmm. who are, who have the biggest merchants database out there. And 
it's been now more than a year and a half that we've been working on this project. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we now closed, I think four out of five of these deals. Okay. And once you close the deal, it's just the beginning actually, because you need to make sure everything is ready, not only from a product point of view, but legal and compliance and supporting who does the support, who does the payment, who does what here and there. And so just started. So, so, so what do I understand? We start, we start to see the, 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 so looks the initial like result. You've closed four out of five, right? That's pretty great. So you, you, you already sort of know what's, how you're going to grow. That that's pretty great. Now I want to understand, for example, like how the sales cycle look like. So onboarding somebody like them, right. And you mentioned it's been one and a half years. So did it actually take you one year or something to actually close a deal? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe sometimes took actually more than that. And um, what happens? I, some, yeah. some companies, the first discussion we had wasn't exactly for that, but it took us three years, actually. Three years. And it, the, the sales cycles are just, are just nuts. And what, what is interesting here is they, is that you understand at some point that all of them have a, have all, there's one thing they all want that is in common. And once you, you have that, that then you can close the deal much faster. So maybe the first one took three years, the last one took six months, right? All right. So let's pick the last one, right? So, so don't give me any details. I don't want any details, but I want to understand what happens during those six months, right? So let's say you've introduced your product. Maybe you had a demo call first during that first month. Now, what happens after that? What, what, what is taking those six months? Is it proof of value? Is it that they want to sort of, no, what happens? Look, it's, it's just that the people you're speaking with have no, have no time. Basically you're speaking with the C position of the largest companies right. in this world. And when they give you a slot, it's, it's an hour slot. And the next slot is, is in a month time. So that, that already takes a lot of time. And once you have their attention, I think what's interesting is that you need to prepare let's say your meetings and, and your partnership in a way that both get great value out of, out of this, right? So they have to understand that by taking your solution on board, they're going to make either a lot more revenues on their top line or get access to much more information that maybe they don't have to pay and stuff like this, or, or like really help their user database in, in their daily operations. And. And yeah, it, it took us some time just to, just to get to like a good presentation for some specific partners and, and, and we're still at the early phase with other partners, right? So now that we've opened to anything, we need to understand what are the benefits, I don't know, for the largest, um, haircut distributor in the world, because once we, we, we know that, that then we'll be able to address our solution to all, all the hairdressers are out there. So one question that I have here, right? So. Why are you sort of expanding it to new verticals? So you've still got a lot of restaurants out there, which I think like you built your product for restaurants. Now, why yeah. don't you sort of, so what's the reason behind sort of expanding it to newer verticals? The reason behind is that maybe some partners actually don't just sell to restaurants. And so making your product available for other verticals, the, the deal is signed anywhere. So they just need the, the right tools or the right tags, uh, to just sell it to, to one of their clients, mm -hmm. which might not be a restaurant, but still is one of their clients. 
does it take any engineering effort from your side to whenever you ha- you, you end up moving to a newer vertical or is it more or less same needs more or less the same actually i think a, a big big advantage we have is we've built the platform from day one mm-hmm. thinking of the scale right and so we we need to be able to move to anything very easily mm-hmm. and so for us it was really a matter of adding tags yeah. adding got it instead yeah. of saying type restaurant you put this in in our database you put type hairdresser or garage and automatically this goes yeah, it, it's exactly the same so you can easily expand to new verticals and from product wise ah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. got it now don't get me wrong I, I we won't just go like to any vertical yeah, right now because yeah. it's 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 it defocuses the company mm-hmm. as a whole but it's in our it was in our dna since since they were let's say a c level executive let's just say he expresses interest and he sees value in your product after a couple of calls what happens after that what how does the conversion look like <laughs> to share it's a horrible process you you'll be speaking with 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 another probably 10 people that all one by one validate mm-hmm. and say okay actually we could do this can we do this is it possible to do that if i want to do this in my department Yes, no, no, yes, we can, we can work on it, et cetera, et cetera. And then it, it drop everything is going, wrapping things up and you all of a sudden have a meeting with all of them and everyone has its interest, right? So you have one guy that wants to do a specific thing and another one who wants to do another specific thing and you have to please them all. And that's, I think the, the hardest part is Let's just working say, with, with, yeah. So I, I'm trying to understand the onboarding process. Let's just say you've done that. So what what what's your KPI at that point of time? What are you trying to get them to do? Is it to a POV or is it a pilot, a paid pilot, or is it directly getting onboarded? Like what what what's your goal at that stage when you're trying to convince these executives? No, it's it's really to. I think it depends. When you said like you you talked about pilots, sometimes you have a pilot because. The company process is a pilot mm-hmm. and sometimes you have yeah. a market penetration because the company process is, okay, let's try this on this specific market. And so you actually tailor your product for them. They have the, the, the force to go to that market, they deploy it, and then they come back with feedback and say, okay, this, this didn't work, this we need to change. This is extremely valuable, this and this and this, let's make the changes. Mm-hmm. Got it. So it, it's, you don't really have a set playbook. You basically tailor it based on the customers and what they want. Yeah, well, we have a set, we have a set playbook. We have a process, right? When we go like a, a go-to-market process, what we call the route to market at Food Detective. But the only thing is that every partner has a different way of, yeah. of operating. And us being, you know, the product, we have to, to make sure that we, we manage keeping scalability, global scalability in mind mm-hmm. can, 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 can go with these guys. All right. That's, that's a lot of insights that I managed to sort of get out of you. So let's, let's just try to wrap this up. So when did you start the company? In 2018. Yeah. 18. And how many folks do you have on your team as of today? Right now we're 34. And what's the split? How many engineers? It's a team of 12 engineers and for you mentioned those closers i would call them and what about the rest of the folks the rest of the folks is the operation okay do you have any marketeers who are still focusing on those direct sales yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. we have a, a lot of a lot of those 
people who, who just keep on pushing on the, on the direct sales, right? Yes. At the end of the day, it's more margin and more, more control. True. And what's your funding status? Did you raise any money so far? Yeah, we raised the seed right? Seed. And are you planning to raise any, anything going forward? But yeah, we, uh, we will be maybe announcing some, something soon. Pretty interesting. We'll, we'll wait for the news then. All right, Andrea, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale, you know, scale your company to much greater heights. Thank you very much. Andrea. It was a, it was a pleasure speaking with you today and, and hopefully in India very soon, actually.